Amen. Never underestimate the influence that we have. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day to everyone. Amen. It's great to have all the dads here today to honor. We've done this twice already, and this is the third time. How many of you like the outdoor cafe kind of deal over there? Eh, that's pretty cool, right? And uh, we actually want to give you guys an opportunity after the service today for all the dads. If you go down to the cafe, you can get something for free and then go out to the cafe and hang out. And uh, we want to make that an area where people can fellowship. We don't want you to go home. We, we don't want you to go home. I mean, if, if you want to live in the church, that's a problem, okay? But, but we do want you to hang out for a little while because we want you to get to know one another. We're a family, amen? We are a family. And as a result of that, we want to get to know each other. And sometimes you just kind of rush out of church instead of hanging for a little while and getting to know people. So go down. The coffee and tea is free every week. So go get yourself a cup of coffee. Go outside. There's music playing outside in the outdoor cafe. And it's really a great way just to get to know one another. Well, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Leviticus chapter 6. Leviticus chapter 6. And I, I know somebody's like, Levit Levitica where? What is there? Well, it's easy to find. It's right between Genesis and Revelation. It's really easy to find. Uh... But Leviticus chapter 6 verse 8 says, The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night until morning. And the fire must be kept burning on the altar. Everybody say, the fire must be kept burning. Then he took off these clothes and put others on and carried the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Everybody say, it must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offering on it. The fire must kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Well, you hear it three times. God wants to say something really important and he says to the priest make sure that you keep the fire burning now this afternoon I want to conclude my series entitled a portrait of an unlikely hero and we have through the last couple of weeks talked about unlikely heroes of the Bible we started on Mother's Day and we're finishing on Father's Day and on Mother's Day we started with Rahab the, the prostitute a prostitute turned into a princess that is incredible. A woman of God. A prostitute turned into a woman of God. We looked at Peter. We looked at the two Hebrew uh, midwives and how they were unlikely heroes as, as they have really helped uh, the, Moses to be delivered and so that Moses could be called. Then we, we looked at Jesus last week and we talked about the unlikely hero of Jesus and what he did. This week we want to talk about some unlikely heroes of the Bible who had one job. Their job was to keep the fire burning. Now, in the Old Testament, God showed us that we would have several different sacrifices. Now, we live in the New Testament, and we don't offer these same sacrifices. But in the Old Testament, there were several different sacrifices that were to be offered to God. And the reason why God wanted us to offer those sacrifices in the Old Testament is so that people would learn, they would remember, and it would be a foreshadow of the coming Messiah. And the first offering that they were to, to commit to the Lord, to present to the Lord, was called the cereal offer. 
offering. And that offering was a first fruits offering. When the people of God were blessed by God, when they had a harvest, they would bring what was called the first fruits of that harvest. And each and every week after that, they would bring a tenth to the Lord. We call that the tithe. And so they would bring a tenth of their increase to the Lord. Why? Because one, they would recognize that God provided all things. Two, they would recognize that there were poor people and that they would have to help the poor people. And so God said, you keep the 90% but you take 10 and you bring it to the house of the Lord and you make it an offering to God. We call that tithing today. We take a tenth of what we have and we bring it to the house of the Lord, the storehouse of the Lord and then the storehouse of the Lord distributes to the poor and the needy and that is an awesome thing and that's why we give of our offerings that's why we give of our tithes. The second offering was the peace offering and that offering was to be brought to the priest and they would sacrifice this offering and the peace offering represented the peace that we have with God and the peace we have with other people. Now this offering was actually to be given to the priest but then partial part of that offering was to be given back to the people so that they could eat it together in fellowship. The Bible says if we walk in the light as Christ is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ forgives us from all sin. And so the truth is that the peace offering was an offering that we brought to God, that the Old Testament saints brought to God as a declaration, I have peace with God and now I want to have peace with my brothers and sisters. That's what, you know, when, when we talk about the peace offering, that's what we do at communion. We, we take this peace offering, we take this communion and we say, thank you Jesus, you died on the cross so that I might have peace with God, but also peace with one another. You remember in the, in the New Testament, Paul the Apostle said that there were many sick amongst the, the church. Why? Because they weren't discerning the Lord's body. They weren't sharing it. They were to get together and have a great feast. The Lord's Supper wasn't just a little wafering and a and, 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 and little bit of grape juice. It was actually a feast. The Lord's Supper where they would feast together and it was actually looking back at the feast of, of Passover and also of the peace offering that was brought to the Lord so that they said I have peace with God and I have peace with others. Let me tell you something if you don't have peace with God you can't have peace with other people. You have to have inner peace on the inside and if you're finding that you're having problems with people it's because you don't have peace on the inside. But the third offering was the sin offering. And the sin offering was brought to the priest when someone sinned. Some would bring sheep, some would bring goats, some would bring birds. It was really dependent on what they could afford. But they would bring that offering to the priest and the priest would sacrifice that offering. And again, partial of that offering, a piece of that offering would go to the priest. And so that was also a partial uh, offering to the Lord and it was in signi signifying that someone had sinned and they wanted their sins to be forgiven. But then there was the whole burnt offering, the whole burnt offering. And the whole burnt offering was actual, actually a symbol of a devotion to God, consecration to God. They were to bring an offering to God and they were to place it on the altar and that, that, that offering was to be there continually. Every single day there was an offering, a burnt offering that signified total consecration, total surrender to God. When the people of Israel brought that offering every day and they kept the fire burning, it was actually a, a symbol of their love and their devotion for God. Their absolute 
absolute love for God, that they would love God with all their heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's what that burnt offering symbolized. Total consecration, total surrender, total dedication, and total love for God. Notice what God says to the priest though. He says to the priests that they are to take that offering, place it on the offering, and they're to make sure that they keep the fire burning continually. He, he said, don't let the fire go out. You must be the keeper of the fire. Don't let anything extinguish that fire. And did you know that that fire actually stayed lit? Listen to me. The fire that was started, and we're going to talk about that, by God himself, stayed lit for 860 years. There was a continual fire in the house of God. There was a continual fire in the presence of Israel for 860 years. The fire had never ever gone out until God allowed the Babylonians to come in and destroy Jerusalem. It was because the, the, the hearts of the people of God had gone away from the Lord. And they were no longer really in love with God. God wasn't first place in their life. And when they made these sacrifices, the Bible said it became a stench in God's nostril. Why? Because they were sacrificing these animals to God. And they were doing these religious acts of righteousness, but their heart was far away from them. And God said, enough. He says, enough of your sacrifices without really loving me with all your heart. And so he allowed the Babylonians to come in for many years. For 70 years, the Babylonians came in. They took the people of Israel into bondage for 70 years. And the light, the torch, the fire had gone out in Israel. That's sad. Because really the fire started with God. Where did the first fire come from? Well, actually, the first fire happened when God told Aaron, the high priest, to make a fire, to make a burnt offering. And here's what happened. Here's a cool day at church. I mean a really cool day at church. God says to Aaron, I want you to make an offering. He said, I want you to make an altar and then put the offering on top of the altar. And when he did that, and his heart was right, the Bible says he prayed and fire came from heaven and consumed that offering and the fire started by God wow what a day in church God don't do it today you know the fire alarm will go off and the firemen will come but that's how the, the fire actually started God sent the fire God was the originator of the fire and that fire lasted for 860 long years well what does this have to do with being an unlikely hero what does this have to do with fathers on Father's Day? Friend, I want you to know that you are the priest of your home. You're the high priest of your home, Dad. Now, the Bible says that every one of us are priests to God. The Bible says in Peter that we're a royal priesthood and a holy nation. That God has saved every single one of us. And today, we have the responsibility as believers to be priests unto God. That, that there's no longer this priesthood and there's this laity and the priests are the ones that go into the presence of God. But every one of us have access to God today. Every one of us not only have access to God, but God says because of what God has done in your life, He says you are to offer continually the fruit of righteousness and the fruit of praise. And this is the praise that God gives us in our heart because of what he did for us what he's doing through us and that we're to offer to God the sacrifice of praise which is the fruit of our lips wow 
And Paul the Apostle says that we're to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable act of worship. You know what God was saying? God said Jesus, when he died on the cross, he became the sacrificial lamb so that we don't have to do that anymore. I'm so glad that we don't have to sacrifice lambs anymore. You know why? Because I don't like blood. I don't like seeing it. It was a dirty job. They had to sacrifice these lambs. But it was a foreshadow of when Jesus came. And when he died on the cross, he bore our sickness. He bore our sins so that we might have eternal life. So that the sacrificial ordinances of the day were done away with. And now God says, now we are priests unto God. And that every single one of us in this room are ministers for God and to God. We minister to God with our worship. We minister to God with our praise. And we minister to others because that's what Christ has called us to do. I want you to turn your name and say, you're still the absolutely funniest looking person I've ever seen in my life. But you're a priest. But you're a priest unto God. And as a priest, God tells us that we're to make sure that we keep the fire going. Now, Dad, you are the high priest of your home. Even though every believer is a priest unto God, Dad, you're the high priest of your home. You're the keeper of the fire. You're the guardian of the fire. Now, you might say, you know, I, there are times when I feel so weak. There are times when I don't think that I can do this. You know, I, I, I feel very vulnerable. Well, you feel like an unlikely hero, don't you? But you see, today you can be a hero because your job is just to simply keep the fire burning. I got to tell you something, keeping the fire burning seems like a dirty job, an unthankful job, a thankless job by a group of people. Could you imagine? That was their job. As the priest, their job was to put the, the sacrifice on the, the altar and then keep that fire burning. And I think, when I think about keeping the fire burning, I think way back when, you know, you had these tenements, when you had these apartment buildings, you know what I'm talking about, George, you remember that, right? When they had apartment buildings, yeah. And what did they have to do? They have to shovel the coal into the furnace down in the basement. Man, what a thankless job. Can you imagine all day long just shoveling the coal in the basement? How many of you can remember that time? Let me see your hands. Yeah, like three of you. God bless you. That's good. We have a young congregation here. I think of the locomotives, you know, when they had to, to, to shovel the coal into the locomotive so that that train could go. A thankless job. It was a dirty job. For the priest, it wasn't only a bloody job, but it was a thankless, dirty job. I mean, it was dirty. Because not only did they have to put the sacrifice and kill the sacrifice, but they had to make sure that they had wood on the fire. And then they had to make sure that they took all the ashes out of the fire and take it to a ceremonial clean place outside the camp and then bring more wood, get rid of that ash, ashes and, and get more wood. And man, it was a, a thankless job. And dad, I want you to know there are times in our life, every one of us in this room where we're going to think, you know what, do my kids really realize what I'm sacrificing? Do my kids really understand what I have done for them? And, and, and a godly father who gets on his face, on his knees every day and finds that secret place. You know, it may be the basement where you're praying. And while you're praying, you're stoking the fire. While you're praying for your kids. Man, I'm going to tell you something. I'm stoking the fire every day of my life for my kids. 
because I'll go into prayer when they don't see me and it's a thankless job and sometimes it's a dirty job but I'll get on my face before God and my kids don't even know but I'll be up at five o'clock in the morning stoking the fire God bless Janine God work in her life God show her Lord let her see your will God and doing spiritual warfare in prayer God bless Julia Lord God and, and watch over and protect her and God bless Jenna Lord God and, and help her out as she goes to college this year and God keep her safe man and, and it, man you got to roll up your sleeves and it, it is a thankless job and then you go to work all day long and they don't understand you know it's not easy to make a buck these days is it used to be a little easier man it's tough these days to make a buck and let me tell you about the single parents in this place man my heart goes out to every single mom in this place because you got to play mom and dad do we have any single moms here if you're here just stand up for a moment we want to bless you today we want to bless you today man look at all the single moms that are here today we want to bless you today and tell you we love you God bless you God bless you man see these single moms you you know you ought to go over to them every once in a while and say do you need anything can I help you with anything you know take a look at the single moms because man I grew up in a single parent home my mom is my hero my mom's my hero my mom was dad and mom to me but you know I tell you it's not easy whether you're a single mom or you're a dad it's really hard you put a lot of sacrifice and you wonder does anybody see it is this making a difference in the lives of my kids in the lives of people that I really love but you see the truth is God simply wants you to do one thing and do it really effective God wants you to be a keeper of the fire he wants to make sure that you understand your job and your job is to keep the fire burning everybody say with me keep the fire burning and what is the fire? What, what is God talking about when he talks about the fire in our life? I believe, number one, write, write this down. I believe that the fire symbolizes our love and our passion for God. And here's the deal, Dad. You don't have to be the wisest person in the world. You don't have to be the smartest person in the world. You just have to keep the fire of your love for God burning in your life. Because here's the deal. If you keep the fire of God burning in your life, if you keep the fire of God's love in your life, your kids are going to see it. God said, you know, I don't want sacrifices anymore. What I want is you to love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind. I want you to write this down. This is a, a saying that I, I, I want you to remember. Dads, pray to God that God would set your heart on fire for him and that you would love God with all your heart red hot love for God so your kids can watch you burn because that's the goal the goal is for our kids to see us loving God catching us in the very act of loving God with all our heart with all our soul and all our mind you know being a dad is really difficult and sometimes I just I just pray God am I getting it right God God, I don't know how to do this. And God says, all you need to do is love me with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and I'll take care of the rest. All you have to do is seek my face and seek me and seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all these other things that you're so worried about. I'm going to take care of that. Because the truth is, your kids are going to learn from you. Your kids are going to watch you burn. As John Wesley said, oh, Father, set my heart on fire so people can watch me burn. And that's what God wants from you. Red hot love for Him. And the truth is, there are so many things in this life that, that, are, that are vying for our attention. 
There's so many things in our life that try to extinguish our love for God. Maybe it's overworking. Maybe it's because you just really want all these great things in your life. Maybe it's survival for some of us. I don't know what it may be. But the truth is, is there are things that are vying for our attention that steal away our first love. And I have to constantly go back to God. Even in the ministry, you might say, well, Pastor Steve, he's pretty fortunate because all he has to do is spend time with God. That's all he has to do is just pray and spend time with God. Well, let me tell you, there's a whole lot of needs in this church. It's a large church. There's a whole lot of people that are vying for my attention. And I've got to fight just like you have to fight every morning, early in the morning, to get into the presence of God. No matter what, I've got to stoke the fire of prayer in my life. I've got to make sure that God's doing a work inside of me. But let me tell you something. God promises us that he will give the love that we need in our heart for him and for others. For the word of the Lord says it is God that works within us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so the fire re represents your love for God. Let me ask you a question. Are you lukewarm? Are you cold? Are you on fire for God. The Bible says if you're lukewarm, God will spit you out of his mouth. You just don't taste good. Listen, pizza's good really hot or it's really cold in the morning at 9 o'clock, but it's not good lukewarm. And the truth is, God wants you to be red hot on fire from him. Because when you're red hot on fire for him, your children will learn. They'll see. They'll see your love for God and for others. I thank God for the Convoy of Hope outreach that we had last week. And and my daughter's here and I, she, you know, I hate to embarrass them, I, I, but, but it just touches my heart so much to see that my daughters, you know, when they're watching me do certain things, and I have a, a compassion for people, I love people dearly, and, and, and I, I've taken all three of my daughters on the mission field because I, I want them to get the same fire for God and the same fire for others. And it was so cool as we, we were able to minister to 5,200 people last week. I said that. 5,200 people were ministered to at the Convoy of Hope Outreach. It was awesome. And just to set the record straight, we did 700, 700 free family portraits. There are people that could never afford this and we gave them family portraits. We gave away 650 free pairs of sneakers and before we did that we washed people's feet it was an awesome sight to see that and we ministered to so many people we were able to pray for th over 3,000 people we were able to pray for and over 150 of them gave their lives to the Lord and I still hear the stories this man came over to me after the service today and said Pastor Steve it's so exciting after the outreach we brought somebody from Hempstead to the church and they gave their lives to the Lord last week come on somebody awesome 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 and you know you know what brings me the most joy of all you know what brings me the most joy of all is hearing my daughters at the dinner table say dad that was just awesome you know watching them on Facebook saying this was just awesome dad and watching the fire of compassion flow from my heart to their heart and one of my daughters this week she called me up and I was preparing this sermon and she said dad can you give me some information about the house of hope she said I saw a homeless family on the street she said I really wanted to help them so I went back and gave them some money I gave them the information about the house of hope and I thought wow you see if we model it for them they're gonna pick it up and they're gonna see our love for God and our love for other people the second thing that the fire symbolized was the presence of God 
The fire of God symbolized the presence of God. Do you remember when Abraham was called to sacrifice the animals and split them in two, put one on one side, put another half on the other side? And the Bible says that God was entering into a covenant with Abraham. And he said, Abraham, I'm going to enter into a covenant with you. He said, and it's going to be by fire. And at nighttime, the Bible says there was a pillar of fire. There was a fiery torch that went through those sacrificed animals, signifying and symbolizing the very presence of God walking through that sacrifice. And God was saying, I'm entering into a covenant with you, Abraham. The fire symbolized the presence of the Lord. And Israel was wandering through the desert. And as they were wandering through the desert God said don't be afraid because wherever you go I will go with you and I'll prove to you that I am with you I will send a pillar a cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night and he said all you have to do is see the pillar of fire and know as dark and as scary as it gets I am with you I will never leave you nor forsake you I will lead you right into the promised land and they had the assurance of the pillar of fire and father I want you to know that you have the assurance by God himself that no matter what you go through in your life no matter how difficult and scary it becomes to be a father know this one thing I'm never gonna leave you I'm never going to forsake you. I'm always going to be there for you. You can count on it. As long as you see the fire, know I am with you. Amen. And number three, the fire symbolized the power of God. This, the fire symbolized the very power of God in the people of Israel's lives. Now the fire went out. And it was out for hundreds of years. And then came Jesus. The book of Malachi, God says, I hate your sacrifices because your heart is so far from me. He says, even though you make your sacrifices, your heart is so far from me. He says, I will, I will cease these sacrifices. And for a hundred years, be between Malachi and, Ma and Matthew, are four hundred years, there was no fire. But then Jesus came. And the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw the fire. We saw the light of the world. Jesus was the fire of God that came from heaven. And He died on the cross, and He told His disciples, after He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit, He said, Go in the upper room and stay there until you're clothed with power from on high and he was referring to John the Baptist who John the Baptist saw Jesus and he said behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth he said there's coming a day when he the Lamb of God and I am not worthy to even tie his sandals he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and he'll baptize you with fire from heaven and they got together and they gathered together for 11 days and they cried out to God and they said, send the fire, God. Send the fire. And on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says the fire of God came. The wind and the fire of God came. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues. And there were fire that rested upon each and every one of the believers. They were filled with the fire of God. You see, the fire doesn't originate from you. It originates from God. But once you have the fire then dad, it's our responsibility to keep the fire burning. How do you keep the fire burning? 
How did they keep the fire burning for 860 years? Well, notice what Leviticus says. Leviticus says that they would set the fire and they would keep that fire burning. They would keep the fire burning. But the Bible says that they would make sure that the fire would not go out by staying close to the fire. You see, the only way that you could keep the fire burning is if you stay close to the fire. And dad, I want you to know God's calling you to stay close to home. We live in a fatherless generation. People are walking out on their family. God's saying, stay close to the fire. Stay close to the commitment that you made to God and to your family, to your wife. And by the way, if my coat, my jacket goes on fire, please tell me if it, it starts going on fire. <laughs> we need to stay close to home. But we need to stay close to God. God is the fire. And they had to stay close to the fire. But notice, not only did they have to stay close to the fire, but they had to work hand in hand with one another. Let me, t let me tell you something, gentlemen. There's no way in the world that you will be a keeper of the fire, nor will you keep the fire burning in your life unless you have other men in your life that you're working with. The priest had to work hand in hand. One had to make sure that they prepared the altar. The other one went to get the wood. The other one had to take the ashes out of the altar and bring it to a ceremonially clean place. You see, they were working hand in hand. And I, and I believe that men need men. Iron sharpens iron and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, God is in our midst. The fire of God is in our midst. I've been in a small group for over 25 years. Why? Because I believe that I need other men in my life that can speak life into my life. I need men that will help me with the fire. And when my fire starts to burn down, they can help me to get the fire back. Come on, somebody. I need men in my life. And every man needs another man in their life. Every man needs a, a Paul in their life. Every man needs a Timothy in their life. Every man needs a Barnabas in their life. Every man needs another man that will hold them accountable to keep the fire burning in their life. And the third thing they had to do is make sure that they, they cleaned out the fire pit. You see, because if they didn't clean out the fire pit, all those ashes would put out the fire. And those ashes symbolized sin. Sin in the camp. They'd have to clean out the altar. You know, the Bible says, therefore, therefore, since we know that all these things are going to be done away with, let us worship God with fear and reverence. That God is a consuming fire. And he said, we are to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable act of worship. Men, let me tell you something. There's three things that will put out your fire. My Bible school director and president once said to young men of God, he said, young men of God, you have fire in your life. He said, but you can be a statistic or a success but you have to watch out for three things that will take you out. Gold, glitter, or girls. Gold, glitter, or girls. He said, the gold that we run after as men are the things that we want to accumulate in our life to keep up with the so-and-sos, that keep us working so hard that it puts out the fire of passion in our marriage, in our family, and with our God. And if it's not gold, then it's glitter. Men like power. We like power. All the men in the place say, <laughs> Come on, turn to your neighbor and go, <laughs> We love power. We want to be seen. We want to be successful. Men, 
want to be successful. But you see, success to God is a man who walks humbly before his God, who knows his God. Men, success before God is a man who gives up other things so that they can spend time with their family, so that they can spend time with their wife, so they can spend time with their kids, so that they can balance out their life. And if it's not gold and it's not glitter, then it's going to be girls. Sorry, women. But the truth is, men have a problem with women. That's just the way it is. And it's hard. And that's why men, we've got to protect ourselves. That we've got to put other people around us that can hold us accountable. And that we've got to pray and ask God to keep us holy and strong every day of our life. Because let me tell you, sin will extinguish the fire that God put in your heart. I want to close with this story. There was a fishing town, a fishing village in the Netherlands. And all the men were fishermen. And they would go out and they'd fish every day. On one occasion, all the men went out to fish. While they were on their fishing boats, a storm, a perfect storm arose. And the men at sea thought they were going to lose their life. The women and children were back on the shore and they were praying for their husbands that God would bring them back. While they were praying and while they were asking God to bring them back safety, safely, one of the houses caught on fire and it began to burn and it began to burn and it burned all the way to the ground well somehow God protected these men and they found their way back to the shore their wives ran up to the men and they said thank God that you're safe the woman who her house had burned to the ground ran to her husband and she said hun I'm so glad that you're safe but I have bad news the house and everything in the house burned to the ground. He said, honey, that's okay. You see that house on fire? It helped us to find our way back home. And I'm here to tell you, men, you are the keepers of the fire. Keep the fire burning in your life. Keep the fire burning in your family. And keep the fire burning in your heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this afternoon, God, that you have given us men of God. We thank you that the fire does not originate with us. The fire starts with you, God. God, you are the fire starter. And you started a fire in our soul long ago. Maybe some of us, you just started that fire, God. But God, you started the fire of love for you, God. And Lord, now you give us the responsibility to be keepers of the fire. As Paul the Apostle said, fan into flame the gift that was given to you by the laying on of hands. God, help us to put wood on the fire every day as we pray. Help us to put wood on the fire every day as we read the word. Help us to put wood on the fire as we gather with our brothers in Christ. And Lord, help us to feed the fire, protect the fire. God, we must be protectors of the fire. God, you've put something great in our heart and in our lives, God. Help us to be keepers of the fire. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said. Now, as I was preparing this sermon today, for today, I thought to myself, you know what would be nice? Is if we can give somebody, a father in here, a fire pit. Because you see, what I'm hoping for 
and I, what I'm believing for is that there'll be a fortunate father here that will win this fire pit and you'll put it in the backyard of your house and you'll light it up and you'll sit there with your family and you'll spend family time with your family and you'll always remember that you are the keeper of the fire for all those that don't win this go buy your own <laughs> but we're gonna ask Vanna to come right now and she's gonna help us out come on up here are you ready drum roll please for one blessed man one three nine five three seven there you go there you go give this gentleman a big hand there you go here's your fire pit sir God bless you. Thank you, thank you. God bless you. I'd like all the men to stand right now. All the men, if you're a teenager, a young adult, if you're a man, please stand. If you're a woman, please be seated. If you don't know what you are, stay seated as well. we have a tradition at Bethlehem Assembly of God that we end every Father's Day one way on our knees before God God loves a humble man God loves a strong man God loves a man who's a keeper of the fire and men it's gonna take work to be a keeper of the fire you're gonna have to make sure that you protect your family in Africa today there's still villages where they set the fire and they keep the fire so it'll keep the lions away from the tribe and the lion of Judah is with you and the enemy is like a roaring lion wanting to to steal kill and destroy and you are the keeper of the fire I'm gonna invite you right now if you would come and we're gonna humbly come before the Lord and we're gonna say God help me to be the keeper of the fire and if you need new fire in your life perhaps you've lost your first love come today and say God restore my first love to God God help me Lord Jesus to know you're always with me every day of my life I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and God fill me again with your Holy Spirit gentlemen let's end this service on our knees come every one of us come and kneel before